back to the One Broke Actress podcast. I am your host, Sam Valentine, bringing you an honest account of actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. Pre-warning, today's episode's sound got really funky. I don't know what happened between recording and publishing, but it sounds kind of muffled. If you guys can hold my hand on this, I swear to God, it's going to be such a good episode. So just pretend like you're listening in a really old speaker or like an old timey radio. You know, it can be like an experiment in visualization. I don't know. I, I, one day I'll have a team that does this for me. <laughs> Before we get started in today's ep, I wanted to let you guys know that Helena, my producer, and I are going to record another update episode for you shortly because the last one was so popular. So we're going to talk about what's going on in our careers in the month since we last recorded. We'll kind of give you some updates about the particular markets. And if you guys have any questions for us, make sure to drop them on my Instagram at onebrokeactress and I'll make sure we can maybe answer a question or two in our little bonus episodes. We also have a bonus episode coming out in a couple weeks with Sarah Centrella, who was the author of our book club book. If you guys missed that interview, don't worry. It's going to come out as a bonus podcast. And the new book club book I will be picking in a couple weeks. So you have plenty of time to do lots of other things, read your own stuff. What a beautiful segue. Today's podcast sponsor is the first item I am ever creating for the One Broke Actress Shop, and I could not be more excited and also intimidated. I made a One Broke Actress dictionary. This took so much longer than I anticipated, (laughs) not just to create, but to format and to prep for you guys and get ready. I sent it out to a bunch of actors. I sent it out to casting directors. I sent it out to agents and managers. I wanted to make sure that everything I had on there was correct and as informative as it could possibly be while also being simple. There are so many terms that you will hear at an audition, on a set, actors just talking to each other, they'll throw out some acronyms, or you'll see them written on a breakdown, and you might have never seen them before. Sometimes if you Google them, you get like really weird answers that have nothing to do with our industry. So I wanted to put all the answers in one place. Also, I included a shot list on a set of all of the things you'll hear called out on a set before you start shooting. That was a game changer the first time I got on a set I was like am I supposed to start now nobody said action nope very confusing so I just think it's a great gift guys and the email list is going to get the dictionary for $12 it is going to be sold separately for 25 bucks on the one broke actress site but the email list you are going to get a special discount code in your inbox tomorrow and it's going to be 12 bucks I Just am so thrilled with the feedback I'm getting so far from the people I have sent it to. And I can't wait. I cannot wait to sell it to you guys. (laughs) I'm like dying. So you'll go to onebrokeactress.com slash shop. And in there, you will put in your discount code. There's a whole Shopify page now. And you can buy the dictionary. This is the first thing that I've ever created. And I also have two more coming down the pipeline that I think are exceptionally useful. And I'm so excited with how things are turning out so you'll have to let me know what you think oh and I'll update the dictionary roughly every six to nine months or so and anyone who buys it will get the updated copy as well so I don't ever want a new word to be floating around and you guys to be completely flummoxed I'm sure there'll be a handful of words that people are like I can't believe you didn't put this on there in which case I'll put it on the next version and you'll get that one too 
I am so excited, you guys. This is a really big deal for me. So thank you for listening to our podcast sponsor this week, The One Broke Actress Dictionary. You guys know you should be following me on IG as well, at One Broke Actress, because I'm sharing a lot of stuff been a very busy couple of weeks and the podcast is popping. We had book club. We have lots of new information dropping on Instagram all the time. I'm just having the best time right now with One Broke Actress and I got to talk to so many of you guys recently and if you can't tell, I'm really digging this year so far. Should we get to the episode? I think we should. Don't forget, the sound is weird. I promise it'll be fixed next week. Okay, let's do it. Let's get to the episode. Today's guest is Amy Argyle. Amy brings a grounded, honest, and personal spark to all that she does. She started her career in Dallas and has been in L.A. for the past 16 years. She's appeared in tons of TV shows, studio films, indie movies, opposite some pretty big names. And she has done, get this, over a hundred commercials. Yes, you heard that right. She's also involved in lots of different film festivals. She's been in Hollywood Fringe doing theater girls all over the place. She is super passionate about sharing what she does and her journey with other people. And today she does not quit with her true honesty of the business. You guys are going to learn a lot from Amy. I constantly am. Here's a caveat to today's episode. Amy is the first actor to come on the podcast and talk really openly about her experiences going FICOR. And I have to really thank her for being that honest with us because most actors who are FICOR won't talk about it. That is a mixture of the shame that we have been taught to put on it with their own choices. And I don't judge anyone. Um, I might have judged in the past, to be completely honest with you, but I've personally grown a lot just from talking to actors for the past four years and you just never know where someone's coming from or what informs their choices. So Amy is going to be really honest with us about FICOR. She really shares the down and dirty and what made her make this decision, how she went about it, the repercussions of it. And if anyone is out there considering or maybe teetering on the form of judgment uh, on her choices, I would really ask that you instead reflect upon why you feel judgmental of that. I can tell you that originally when I joined SAG, when I felt judgmental of actors who got to go FICOR, it actually was more of a judgment upon myself because I was jealous that they were booking work and I wasn't. I was upset that they didn't denote that the jobs they were booking weren't union, so I thought it made me look worse because I was union, but I wasn't booking I think you guys kind of understand where I'm coming from here, but I just ask that you have a lot of patience and then you hear this story out. I think having more honesty about the topic is really key. I know we did a podcast last season with Sean Sharma who talked about it pretty openly. And in the times that I've asked staff and higher ups at my union, I've really only heard no instead of an education on the fact. So I'm going to keep asking questions, and I hope you'll keep listening to individual people's answers with me. I am so excited for this episode with Amy. We talk so much more than about just FICOR, but I think it's important to preface that piece of it because I want everyone to be on a level playing field here because we're actually all just in this world together trying to figure it out. We get into a little bit of manifestation and how she is working on her career in the future and her goals in the end, 
and I think this podcast is very much worth a listen all the way through. So without further ado, please enjoy Amy Argyle. So this is super fun for me to get to talk to you because you're one of the first people that I met via Instagram that I was like, oh, I want to have her on the podcast. Most people come through a referral or I hear of someone, but you and I just started talking on Instagram, which is just like, how we do it now, I guess. (laughs) And just hearing you talk about the world and stuff, I was like, I just really feel like we could have a great conversation. So thank you so much for being here, Amy. Yay. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting. I will have read your bio before this because I don't make anyone sit through the reading of their own bio because nothing's more <laughs> awkward. Um, but I would love to know, like, why are you where you are in your career? Like, it seems like commercials have been your thing, like kind of your bread and butter. How did commercials become your main thing? Because we're going to hit that pretty hard. I want to talk about that because you've been over a, yeah. in a, over 100 commercials. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. That's insane. And I feel like most in the last three years, three to four years. (laughs) Okay. Amazing. So what, how did that become the thing? Um, Well, it's funny. So when I'm from Dallas, I grew up in Dallas and that was all we had when I lived there a million years ago. (laughs) And um, so that's what I got started in. And so I had already, I think I'd gotten like booked and it's a right to work state. So I was Mm -hmm. doing all the things. Um, But the interesting thing is like when I moved here or I came here for a visit and I got, I'd done like 17 commercials in like two or three years. So I was like, and in Dallas, they were like, it was me and another woman. um, They called us the commercial queens and it, and we looked very similar too. So it was either Mm -hmm. her or me that would book things. Um, But I came here and I remember an amp manager that ended up being my manager um, for some years when I moved here, she sent me on an agency meeting. <laughs> and um, after I did some reads for her, her, com- her commentary back was, she needs, she doesn't know how to read commercial copy. And um, she also said that I needed to lose weight. Uh, and great. Well, yeah, you know, great that start. normal thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, great, awesome. Uh, I've booked 17 commercials. How do I, but the thing is, is that most of them weren't words. I wasn't speaking in most of them. So she probably had some, there was some truth to probably what she said. It didn't start off that way. I moved here in 2005 or four or five. Um, and it took a very long time to get used to being in LA and to find my footing. Mm-hmm. So it for, I bounced from commercial agent to commercial agent and it was sort of shocking for like sort of jarring because I came from booking a lot to all of a sudden wasn't really going out to then wasn't when I would go out, wouldn't get callbacks. Right. Um, and maybe a sprinkling of, of bookings here and there until 2009. I feel like it was probably maybe like two or three at best. Um and then I finally booked my first, uh, I was still SAG eligible when I moved here um, and booked my first union job, which then made, I had to join. Um, and still, even after that, it was just a slow, maybe I would get one a year if that. Um, and then I got with my current commercial agent, Luciano Reeves, whom I absolutely hands down adore um they're killer 
I think 2010. And even that, and I booked like right something like right away. Isn't it the best feeling where you're like, yeah, oh, you picked the right actor. I could do like, this. yeah. <laughs> and then it was back to the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like we, we started off really strong uh-huh. and then it was silent. Uh, <laughs> and it just, it, yeah, it, it, I think part of why I book so much now is I've been going to the same, and I say this to people all the time, I've been going to the same cast and directors over and over and over for years. Mm-hmm. I've been here for 16, almost 16 years. I've been seeing the same people. And I took all the classes, and Killian's workshop was, I did the Coach Mike, I did his thing, mm-hmm. and I did Killian's. Killian's made me feel like I didn't know what I was doing. Yes, but I it cried opened my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like, he left, he left after that first exercise, and we all kind of looked at each other like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I literally was like, how have I ever booked anything? Uh, 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 uh-huh. How? <laughs> um, but I think that part of it, one, going to the same people, two, started to really feel comfortable in myself and what I could do and what I was, what my capabilities are and comfortable just with me as a human being, as a woman. Um, and the learn, you know, really knowing what to do and how to read the room and uh, delivering what it is, like learning how commercials work, how that whole process works. Yeah. Um, and you, then, oh, go do ahead. You, do you think that you didn't have to kind of figure it as much in Dallas at that time because the the pond was a lot smaller? Probably, yeah. Okay. I think maybe back then... Also, there was a, I mean, I, I had a lot of blocks, like emotional blocks, um, a lot of trauma that I had to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even maybe back then, there was, I maybe still had more freedom when I walked into those rooms. Whereas when I moved here, I think all the stuff of LA <laughs> sort of just packed on so when I walked to you know and life was mm-hmm. you start you know at times it would get very difficult to yeah, my how can I pay rent or whatever um so a lot of that desperation hitting yeah um even though I think back when I lived in Dallas and I was like eh, I read some of those journals I was still struggling then <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, you but know nothing... fear god please let me book this commercial I just went in for right and nothing compiles you walking into a room in a different way than like trying to find parking at 200 South on street cleaning day after four o'clock when you can't park in the Petco parking lot. Like oh just, no, you just no. set the one fail. in Santa Monica Envision studios. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like who I love y'all, but why, I, why I did you guys pick that place? Of all? There's no and parking. The, and the audition's always at like four thirty, So you're driving home and just a wall. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, while I'm driving and I live in the Valley. So it's like, oh wall, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nope. Um, well, in Dallas, I didn't have a car. Uh, so I was, so I started in, I started in 2000 and I was in school in 2001 and started booking book. I think a book, like my first, I was in a conservatory there. And so I started mm-hmm. booking my first commercials while I was still in school. But I, I mean, I, I remember I would take public transportation. I was always taking the bus, um, to wherever I needed to go or taxis if I needed to. Wow. Um, it, system was a lot easier than LA. I learned. Um, I didn't get a car until I, like a year, of, maybe even like six months before I actually moved to LA. Um, yeah, that's amazing. But I think 
Yeah, a combination of, of learning really what to do in the room and listening and really knowing my copy. And one of the things that really stuck with me from Killian's class was you treat it like a theatrical audition. Um, know the copy. Who are you talking to? Uh, if you have a family, name your kid. Who's your husband? What's his name? Because a lot of times we're not auditioning. Sometimes we're not auditioning with the other people, especially now. Mm-hmm, um, right. Who, who, who is it? Like, name your children. Name your husband. Who is it that you're communicating with? What's the product? All that, you know, the combination of all the knowledge of those things. Um, but just really, I think also most of it, the, probably the majority of it was me, my confidence. Yeah. in myself and settling into who I am and understanding who I am and what I have, to, what I'm bringing to the room. Um, and then as I started to book um, more, I think 2017 was when that the pivot started to happen. And I was in a class with um, Megan and Chuck Mara Foley, Mara Foley casting. Um, I was in a class with them and they had us do vision boards. And I was like, oh, I have one. And they're like, no, we're going to do one for the year. And we're gonna, you're going to have it on either side of this binder that you're going to bring to class. I'm like, all right, cool. And it was the first time that I was ever specific in writing down what I wanted to book. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down, I want to book a minimum of two jobs a month. Had I ever done that before? No. How was, did I think I was like <laughs> going to do it? I didn't know. But I was like, <laughs> I want to book two jobs a month. And I shit you not, that started to happen. It started to happen. Um, there are other things that I wrote down that actually happened uh, in some form or the other. And so, and I have this, um, this abundance prayer that uh, a friend of mine, Shannon Bobo, gave me, uh, gave a, a group of us. And I read, I literally read it every morning. But that year, particularly, I wrote that, that, I wrote that down. I was reading that abundance prayer every morning. And I was writing a gratitude list. It was the first time I started writing a gratitude list. Yeah. And that combination, I swear to God, that combination is what sh- started to shift, really shift my mindset in what I, my capabilities and what I was doing. And then, of course, uh, the, the universe was giving it back to me. So I was like, I want to book two jobs a month. I'm, whoa, I just booked two jobs this month. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but I was doing the work. You know, I, I'd done the work. I was doing the work. And I was doing the personal work. And I think that's where the shift and the transition started to happen. Um. And I think that first year I booked 21 jobs. Holy balls. And I'd not ever done that before. And that was why just continued to do it. You were SAG. I was. And then I did go FICOR. Okay. Okay. I'd love to talk about that if you don't mind. Yeah. I I, I got blindsided in a podcast once (laughs) interview. (laughs) So I was like, it's my business, but oh, you're going to talk about, well, might as well. Um, I I'm mean, not this, ashamed of it. This is definitely know, a safe like, place for it, uh, yeah. for that conversation. I actually just had a, a conversation with an actress this past week who was, there was a, just to give you a little background, like she, she had, there was a film she really, really, really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pay was really lovely and it was non-union. Yeah. And she was like, all I want to know is know what my options are, but she couldn't find any information about FICOR. It was very that's hard what to I find like. someone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I did, I had a podcast episode about it back in season six, I believe, mm-hmm. um, just because I've been searching for information too, not necessarily for myself is that I, there hasn't been a reason for me to do it, but 
I think that ha- knowing our options instead of just mm-hmm. saying like there's a right way and then there's the other way uh, yeah. is is helpful. So um, if you want to talk about it, that's great. Yeah. Um, if yeah. you're not comfortable talking about it, then that's fine too. No, already I've already opened that can. So okay, great. Let's <laughs> open it yeah, more. Yeah. This is the same space. As, actually, I will tell you that like sixty percent of my listeners from the surveys I've taken are non-union. So I think there is mm. a block too with deciding where to go. So what was yeah. it that made you decide to do uh, FICOR? Well, the shift in what started to happen, um, and I'd had conversations with my commercial agent, mm-hmm. and uh, or agents because it's a, a, t- a team, two husband and wife, and um, started talking to other actors, and I, what year? I wasn't, I was, I was struggling financially. Like I wasn't able to pay. I quit my regular, I worked at a rehab, um, a drug rehab in Malibu for five years. That could be a whole podcast. Oh, it literally could. (laughs) (laughs) And I've literally done every job. I feel like under the sun, I've cleaned houses. I've, uh, pet sit. I've worked, I've done catering. I've worked Mm -hmm. in a restaurant. Um, I was a tack rabbiter. And uh, did various odd, weird jobs, um, <laughs> like come to our house and build tiny furniture for our, like some sort of team building exercise that our company's doing. And so I spent like hours building tiny furniture, which is actually really fun. I, I actually liked it. I would like to put in a podcast <laughs> to build tiny furniture. That sounds amazing, actually. I might do that in my off time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I had all these odd jobs and I was like running myself ragged and still unable to pay my bills. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it just came to, I mean, the whole point of uh, FICOR or whatever it might be in any union set, like every union has this option. Um, and it's if you can't provide for yourself, uh, your family or whatever, doing only union work that's the option that you have. And I don't like that we are shamed out of the choice. I don't like that we are told that we're bad actors. We are, we aren't part, we aren't the sort of idea that we're hurting the union or we're hurting other actors by not, by doing it. And I'm like, look, I had a problem with, I had an instance with the union where they weren't helping me. I needed help and I, and they didn't help when the merge happened, there was a whole thing and I still owed from after. And then all these people just got in, didn't have to pay. And I'm like still being told, Oh, you have to pay after. And I'm like, Oh, well, and I couldn't, I couldn't pay it. I couldn't pay it. Um, and I got so far behind because I, I wasn't booking work. And then when I did <laughs> book work and then they were like, Oh, production got mad. I did an episode of two, nano two one Oh, and I was like behind on my dues. But like I got passed through, I don't know. And then afterwards it was like, hey, uh, by the way, uh, I had to take out a personal loan even to pay that and then defaulted on the personal loan. Like, you know, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, many it's, things. There's a domino effect to that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, can I get a payment plan? And the answer was no. Like they, the union does amazing things. They are there and their, their purpose and what they have done for us in so many ways is so great. And I am grateful for them. I'm not anti-union. I'm just, anti not being able to provide for myself. And I moved here to be an actor. I didn't move here to clean somebody's toilet. 
I didn't move here to uh, to cater, at, give pass around date wrapped bacon wrapped dates to rich ass people who were rude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't move here to do that. I didn't move here to do that shit. But that's what I had to do in order to provide for myself because I wasn't getting the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that basically was my decision. Um, I was like, this is what's available. And then also that's the actors who like went by core or actors in general. We didn't cause the the commercial production companies to go non-union that's not our fault we didn't cause that to happen um but i am a firm believer in pivoting when the time calls for it um and so that was the decision that i made for myself and i like doubled the amount of work that i've been able to do and um yeah a company came back and i i've done two jobs for them so far uh, my first pan, my second job with them was my first job during quarantine, which I did at my house and, um, they just came back and they wanted to see if I was available next this month, it's December, but I'm leaving to go to climb a mountain in Africa. Um, there's like, yeah, I'm not available. Uh, so if they can, you know, I can come back after my climb, but Either they want to do it then or they want to do it in January, which also speaking what I want into existence, like I'm not available, but if they want to do this date or then, let's see. The power behind saying, um, oh, I'm not available to a job is like, I mean, it takes a lifetime to get to be able to say that, right? It's literally taken me, bro, the six, I think I feel like just now this year, I've found, quarantine has helped me find my voice, Mm. I think. Um, I've actually had to turn down a couple jobs this last, uh, couple weeks. Um, NCIS called and, uh, they had a, they had a role. I'm interested to see who books it, but they were looking for something that was very specific. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like the amount of times that I've heard, I look like this person. Yeah. I was very upset. And then, um, my agent was like, feel free to pass if you, if you, you, what you're about to do is epic. So like, it's okay. And to, to hear that from my agent was great because theatrically it's been, I'm still, it's still uh, lots of auditions and the nose, or, you know, I book something and then it doesn't air. <laughs> Tell <laughs> me about it. it. <laughs> I, I <laughs> feel that. The pandemic happens and we don't start shooting. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious right now? Like I booked my first series regular in a digital series, a, a first series regular. I'm going to go by, off of what you, what you were saying in your stories the other day of not, I'm not. Don't make it small. <laughs> Don't make it small. Um, my friend was just nominated for an Emmy for her digital series. So digital series, it, who cares? Like it's, yeah. it's quantifiable. It works. But yeah, I booked my first series regular and I was so excited. And then quarantine. And here COVID. we are. <laughs> Fucking COVID, man. Ugh. By the time this podcast airs, COVID will hopefully be on its way out because we are airing in the sp- spring, spring of next year like january into march and april so oh my god well it would have been a year yeah i will have been a year i can't even think about that that is so no <laughs> no 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 but yeah that this job came back uh-huh and they want to make me their person like an ongoing thing and i'm like i told these people i wasn't available for something and they're like oh by the way that's okay we'll do that but we want to make you our person for, go, for going forward Holy crap. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I 
did you have because I know actors are going to ask me to ask you this, so I'm just going to ask yeah. you. Have you? Did you have the FICOR conversation with your agents and and managers or whoever you were your reps at the time, or was it just a personal choice? No, I had had the conversation with my commercial agent because that's who the, you know. That's theatrically, I don't go out on non-union unless. It's something that like my agents don't deal with non like my theatrical agents are not they're not dealing with non union. Mm-hmm. Um, if I see if somebody approaches me like I did a, sh- a short film that was non union, I ended up winning winning an award at a film festival for it, and it went on and won awards all over. We almost we would have gone to Cannes had we not got accepted to another international festival right before. What? They like call, they emailed him and all of a sudden they were like, really? You're not? Yeah. It was the whole thing. Like your friend Mm -hmm. who that film came along to me, non-union, like, here's the thing. I feel like we have denoted non-union as be as equating to shit. And that's not true. That that's, that's not true. Non-union jobs are not shit jobs. They're not bad jobs. They're not poorly produced jobs. They're not some of them. Yes. But I have worked on done some really awesome non-union projects and gotten paid very nicely and I've done some union jobs that you know it didn't air and so I ended up with like 300 bucks yep yep and do you feel like it it inhibited your auditioning for union stuff at all for you personally absolutely not when I went depends on the person no well for me no like I went on I went by core and then I booked like three union jobs right after so it's it's yeah no Dag still gets like SAG still gets their like SAG money from your job. Oh yeah, they still get they my still money. Take yeah, it. it's the same. I still pay dues. Mm-hmm. Um, I, thank, thankfully, thank you. I still get my, you know, uh, my health care. I don't think I knew that that was a thing. I don't think I knew that you could still get health. You still get health care. You're basically considered a dues-paying non-member. So you give up your card. You don't get to do all the fun stuff like, you know, I can't go to. Not that we're going to any SAG events. Right. Um, <laughs> nope. Uh, you know, so I can't, you know, couldn't do any of the SAG foundation things, uh, which I did enjoy. There were things that I, you know, I did enjoy those things. Um, no, I could never hold office. I don't have an interest in doing that. Now there is one thing that I, I still get healthcare pension when that, you know, all that stuff is applied when I do work union jobs. And at the end of the day, nobody, I mean, people will know now, <laughs> they didn't know before, <laughs> but it's like, it's casting isn't asking, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not a conversation that's had no casting director was like, are you, what are you doing here? Why are you, you know? Um, well, it's good to know. I just feel like it gets a rap in a certain way. And if yeah. there's anything I like to do with this podcast, it's just open the doors to explain every situation and yeah. the things we think actually happen versus what actually happens just knowing that it's that it's a possibility for especially because after this year so many people are yeah and so many people like haven't been able to get a job it was yeah that that is rough and it it, to me it's not what's the word kind is the first word I came that came to my mind I don't know if that's the right word to use but it's not kind I'm just gonna go with kind to expect people to be able to live off of only one sect of work and you know a lot of our contract stuff is not has not necessarily 
you know, I've had some con- conversations with producers. I've had conversations with, you know, uh, the job that I actually booked. Uh, one of our producers, writer, I didn't speak to him, but I talked to another producer and we we're having this whole long conversation. And he was telling me that this, he's an actor. The other gentleman is an actor. And um, he was on a huge show, two huge shows. Uh, he wasn't the star, but he was the uh, lead. And he's been in SAG for forever. And they're just there's certain things that have not been seen or understood sort of by the higher ups as to where like the high, um, the foresight to see where the business has gone. And so a lot of things in negotiations and contracts, we've gotten the shittier end of the stick as actors. Um, unfortunately, like I said, I'm not bashing the union, but there are realities. I remember reading an e- a letter, Shahan, I think is, was his name, Shan or Shan? Uh, Sean, Sean Sharma. Yes. He, he was the one who did the psych episode. Okay, so yeah. his whole letter that was like a mile long that he wrote? Yes. Mm-hmm. That alone, that alone opened my eyes to so much. Like the majority of people in SAG cannot live off of just union work. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not cool. Like there's people just out here just struggling. Like, but if there's an opportunity to be able to still do what you love, but it's just non-union and it's still great. It's still a great, amazing pro, you know, whether it's a commercial or it's a film. You know, I struggle with it all the time. I, uh, I have another friend who was on the podcast. His name is Amir Talai, and he is a, a big, yeah. big, like, positive union member. And right. I don't feel like I fall into either camp. I, I don't feel – I don't feel I don't feel negative yeah. about my union, but I don't feel especially strong. I'm not like wearing the buttons and like all the things. Yeah. But I, I have I have just have so many questions and I have so many like holes where I wish it would fill in more. And so having conversations with people who have chose to go in different directions with it, I think is so important. And you know, I I don't know where I stand on a lot of things, and I don't know the one thing I can't do is. And I don't think anyone listening should do is no. judge anyone else's choices of how they chose to make money or to like go about their day. I think the one thing I will say that bothers me yeah. is when people don't actually go FICOR and they just lie, which uh-huh. Sean mentioned in this episode is called LICOR is what they call it on the inside, I guess, uh, is when people yeah. don't don't file the paperwork, don't do the things, and they just tell casting that they're FICOR for non-union projects, so then they just work non-union. And it's like, just um, do it. A lot of people just do go FICOR. If you're going to do it, it, just go FICOR. Just do it. I, yeah, it just really, that's what, that's the thing that bothers me is because, you know, you see actors posting like, oh my gosh, another Lifetime movie. I'm so excited. And I'm like, bitch, you are sag. Bitch, I literally <laughs> the same bitch. Bitch, you know that. <laughs> you can't do that movie. Not that all, like Lifetime. Although I did do a Lifetime movie and it was They union. do have some Lifetime movies. They do have some union yeah. movies. But you know the ones where you're like, they're just like, oh my God, another booking. And I'm like, you're not working union jobs. And that's fine. That's completely fine. Just like, let's, pro- let's like go through mm-hmm. the proper channels. So like people you, don't get the yeah. wrong message. Cause I think there's so many yeah. actors who are listening to this right now who are like, holy fuck, I'm not a mess. It's the system that is like right. making me feel like I can't work. That it, it's just, it's really nice to just hear that side of the world. Yeah. And just know that like, you know, I, one of the conversations I had with my agent one time, she's like, you know, when the biggest casting, commercial casting director calls you and is like, hey, 
just so you know, I'm going to be doing some non-union where you're going to be seeing some non-union stuff come through out of this office. Casting is doing non-union. <laughs> like, and granted, yeah, at the very beginning when I started doing non-union stuff, you know, we accepted some of those pays that I'm writing that now I'm like, oh, hell no. Uh, you know, but I had to work my way. Uh, well, I appreciate you talking about it because it's helpful for people to just know what it looks like and, and you know, get a little more information. And I read... I respect the union. I respect everybody who's, who's in it. And that I think that it's like, we all have to just make what our personal choice and decision is. And like you said, be respectful of other people. The amount of times I've heard actor about actors bashing other actors because of them making that choice, that, that pisses me off. Like we're all in like, 2020 quote of the year. We're all in this together. We are. We're all in this journey together. We're all trying to figure it out for ourselves together. And we each have to figure out what's best for each of us. What is best for me may not be best for you. And that's totally fine. It doesn't make the union weaker. I don't, I don't understand. Like maybe somebody make me understand it or explain it to me. I don't think that it makes it weaker. I think that, you know, you need to be strong in what you're asking for. Uh, know that you can renegotiate things. They might not say no. You can always say no to a job. But I've done some really amazing jobs. I've worked with some really awesome people. And I, I don't regret it. Now, the one thing I will, you know, when I get my series, I will petition to go back. <laughs> because the one thing that I do, of all the, all the things, <laughs> I would like to have a, They're probably like, you're banned and you're never coming back after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really would love a, a SAG award mm-hmm. and you can't have one if you're a guard. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I, you know, it's so funny in the last year, I realized that that was also my number one. Like, I know like everyone wants a fucking Oscar cause it's known, but you know yeah. what I want is I want other actors. Yeah. Too. Your peers, your okay. peers saying, That's dude, yeah, great job. <laughs> That's what I totally want. I feel like I skirted over a really beautiful point you made, though, that the turn came in your career when you had done a lot of work. It just wasn't quite working yet. Mm-hmm. And you worked on yourself. Yeah. So was it was it accumulation of growing up plus classes? Was there that class you were in the the you said Foley? Uh, uh, Megan Mara and Chuck Foley. Chuck Foley, that's right. Yeah. Um, was it that that class made the, the significant input, or do you think it was just the culmination of all of those things over time? I think it was a culmination. I know it was a culmination of all the things over time. Hmm. Um, and you know that the cliche saying, "It's a journey, not a what is it? It's a marathon, not a sprint." Yeah. It's fucking true. <laughs> like the people who come out here and like just start booking right away. That's not everyone. That's not the majority. And I moved here when I was 25, 24, 25. I had so much growing to do. I had so much trauma that I had to work through and shed so many walls that weren't, that were keeping me from really truly accessing myself and what my abilities are. Um, and I think that's a huge, you know, sometimes people do, you, not saying you can't be successful without doing all that, but <laughs> um, I think that you're true. You start to really see your, what you can really do when you, uh, you do that personal work. 
the mm. personal work is, I think that's probably the majority. I would attribute the majority of, of my success thus far to, um, and yes, the classes, um, classes are important. And, you know, like with the Killian's, with Killian's class and even the stuff in coach Mike, I know he gets a lot of shit. <laughs> um, but there's stuff that I did learn in that class. There's things that I walked away with that I was like, Oh yeah. Like, one thing that I loved from his class was, um, well, just even the slates, because uh, I still, when I walk into a room and I slate with other people, and I'm like, first of all, I couldn't understand a word you just said. <laughs> Second of all, like, could you smart, like, smart, warm, be warm? Um, <laughs> there's so much, but he, I remember he, he has this thing where he he was he always told us to be friendly in the room, like, like obviously don't focus on what you need to do. But the amount of times that I would walk into audition rooms and other actors would just be rude, either in the way that they spoke or in their body language or facial, like their, the look they would give you if you smiled mm-hmm. at them, that doesn't feel good and it doesn't, that, that's not a space to be in. Um, so being personable in the audition room or in the, the waiting room, because also you never know who is out in that waiting room. I've seen client in the waiting room before. Obviously we're not in that situation for a while now, but you know, or even, you know, with the the apps that we have now, um, Mm -hmm. blue jeans or whatever it's called, uh, where we're like sitting in actual virtual waiting rooms. You never know if somebody's sitting in the waiting room. Oh, I haven't done that one. These things. It's called blue jeans. I think it's blue jeans Um, or Hey Joe. There's Hey Joe, and I think there's blue, and one called Blue Jeans, and then um, Zoom has a waiting room too, but mm-hmm. you're not with other people. But the other two, you're actually, especially Hey Joe, I think I've only used Blue Jeans once. We'll talk about Hey Joe. Hey Joe, <laughs> you're actually physically seeing everyone in the waiting room. Uh, okay. Um, and you can turn your video off or your sound off. I do highly recommend once you, uh, please turn off your sound. Uh, when you're in these waiting rooms, please do uh, your video. Once you get it all set up and you're good to go, just turn the video off <laughs> unless you need to have it on, but definitely the sound. Um, uh, but you never know who's in the waiting room. Mm. A client could be sitting in the waiting room. You never it's know. It's actually a great place to hang out as a client, to be honest. I would want right? to do that. Are there ways that you've had to pivot for these online auditions that have been different or do you feel like it's similar? I felt knocked off my game for a, for a hot second at the beginning. Now I will say I've been very fortunate, very fortunate to work through this time. I did four jobs between April and August. Amazing. Um, That's amazing. I had two jobs that came back Cisco, which was the internal job um, that I shot at my house. And then Aflac, uh, they came back for a second year to do another two spots in like kind of campaign that we've been doing. I had three spots with them last year. And then um, I auditioned for something in my hotel room, which is now playing on Facebook, which is really fun. Uh, it's awesome. like a short film, but that was, that could be a whole little talk about just manifestation uh, or manifesting uh, work for ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, like what we want to do. And they were all out of town. Uh, and then came back and, you know, and then I, now I've been working, I've had three, three LA jobs, possibly if hope, looking at, I shot one yesterday and then that's fantastic on a veil for another one that I'm having to pivot okay. my, my trip, <laughs> <laughs> pivot some dates of my trip. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, it's, it, it took a bit to get used to this forum. Um, I love being in the room. Me too. I love I miss seeing it. my other actors. I, I love, I miss seeing like my first in-person audition. I saw an actor, Jeff Heapy, if you listen to this, I adore you. I saw Jeff Heapy and we've never actually gotten, we worked on a project, the same project, but not together, but he's such a cool guy and he's got twins now. Oh my God. I love it. Um, but I saw him and I literally fell on the floor. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Hi. <laughs> my first audition in person. And I see somebody that I love. Oh my God. So I miss those interactions. And I do think that uh, the callbacks are, I, I did start to know, like, at first, I told my agent, I was like, where am I? <laughs> you know, you get used to it. I was like, where am I available, Nancy? Where are they? Because I'm, what's happening? I don't like this. It, so I, I think it took a little bit to settle in. Because mm-hmm. um, I have a great setup. Yeah, you're, <laughs> like, people are asking me what I my gotta setup tell is. You, I'm like, you look fantastic. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> what is your setup? Because actors are going to say, what's she look like? Well, I have a ring light from Elements. I think it's element. Like yeah, I put it on my Instagram. I did a post. Uh, oh, great. I, I wrote it in the post. And then my backdrop is from Kate backdrops. There's tons. She's got this, whoever it is. I'm just assuming it's a Kate, uh, an actual Kate behind it. Um, <laughs> and so many different backdrops, like, like the ones you could get like backdrops that have like actual pictures hilarious uh, like you could be in the forest. i've seen those but yours looks uh, but great <laughs> it's just this blue green color and i use my phone not my computer like i'm doing on mm-hmm. the computer now it's actually clear but a little blown out on my computer so i always mm-hmm. use my phone sometimes i've had some conversations with some of my actor other actor friends who are like oh this just feels rude <laughs> a, a, a little bit of it um I, I don't want to come off sounding ungrateful, so I'm I'm prefacing mm-hmm. this. Sometimes it's felt like the expectation on actor, like we're ha- actors are ha- everybody's having to do a lot more, everyone across yes. the board. But it feels like because I'm not in any other position mm-hmm. <laughs> as an actor, in conversations I've had with other actors, it feels like a lot of work, a lot more work is being put on us. It like I had a friend of mine who auditioned for, she had a callback for a feature film and I'm talking a list feature film. Hmm. Like the, the lead of this film is everybody knows huge and casting for the callback with the director wanted her to record the zoom session, get her own reader, provide her own reader and record it on, not on her phone. Like she was on zoom on her phone and then she had to record it with an actual camera. I've heard this. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Why? Like, so now, now as an actor in a callback situation for a feature film, I'm having to not only know my character and my lines, but I also need to make sure that I need to find my own reader and I need to find, make sure I have a camera. I don't know. I just bought a GoPro for my, my, my Kilimanjaro climb. So now I have a camera, but like most of us, most actors are barely, most actors aren't even able to like buy a backdrop, you know, like, so, nor do they have the place in their, you know, studio apartment to fit it. Yeah. Yes. You know, going back to that, uh, the video that everyone saw of that Lucas Gage. Yeah. Yes. The audacity. Yeah. The audacity. We are, we, we are doing so much. 
I know everybody else is, but it's like sometimes it feels like casting. Um, what are could we just do is I would pref- I love Zoom audit. You know, I'm I love the interaction. Could yeah. we just do a Zoom audition? I would love to have a conversation with casting to understand why they, especially for commercials, why are we doing? If if we can do a Zoom callback, mm-hmm. why can't we do a Zoom first call? Do you mean instead of uh, like self tapes and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some of the self tapes, like I got a five page script for a commercial um, that I needed to record in my car. I was requested to record it in my car, and it was very specific. Of please don't have your camera at any angles; it needs to be straight in front of you. I'm like, I have a curved dashboard. What do you expect that my phone is like? What do I have my phone on? in my um, car that requires some I had my pivoting. laptop set up with you know and I'm I know I could probably come off sounding negative but I'm just like these are the realities of what we're facing and it's like please know what you're asking and most I live alone I, I live by myself with animals they're not helping me no um I don't think you're blessed have your kids, death, you know? your deaf dog is not gonna self <laughs> <with> you no <laughs> um it, but that audition was due by the end of the day and it's like, what do you, I, so I'm, and I had to like call my friends to do it on my computer, which was set up on my dashboard. And so it's like, it feels like the expectation is, oh, you can just film at home. It's easier. You don't have to leave. So uh, can you just have this done uh, in the next few hours or you just, just turn it around really quick. And it's like, people have kids. I, I'm, I'm lucky. I don't have anybody else here. Yeah. So that's a positive of like, I don't have to jump the pivot of, oh, my kids are at home and they're at, you know, they've been driving me crazy all day and screaming at right. my husband or whatever. So it's like, I, we're all pivoting. We're all pivoting. So it's, it's been a learning curve of just like, okay, breathe. You can do this. But when it comes to like, oh, I have three auditions that I need to do, which yes, I am so fucking grateful for. Uh, okay. And you know, it's not taking me to, you know, it's taking the same amount of time to draw as it would to drive uh, for me to tape. (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. And I don't, you know, it's nice too, because sometimes I think we get caught in this, especially when we're doing something like a podcast, right? We're like, it's going to be like the hour of representation of me. So I need to do it. Like I have some liberties to take because like I have lots of hours of me on this, Mm -hmm. but it's nice to sometimes commiserate with someone who's doing Mm -hmm. the same job as us because because we're not going to in-person acting classes because we're not doing a lot of things because we're not in the waiting room being like, can you believe they gave us five pages? Like all we're doing is existing in our world and pretending like everything's fine. So to know that it's a struggle for other people, not in a complaining way, but in like a, this is what I'm dealing with way is actually really nice to know. So I'm glad you said that because there are some days where I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to steam my, I have a curtain here. You can't see it. I'm going to steam yeah. my curtain. I'm going to set up my lights. I'm going to move my fiance's chair. Cause it's always in my way. I'm going to get my dogs quiet. I'm going to put on seven pounds of makeup. I'm going to make this look good. And it's for five lines. <laughs> and like, you know, and, and, and I'm going to do it. I will say for women, <laughs> for women, especially, <laughs> you know, the guys just, you don't have to do. Uh, yeah. The guys don't have to, you know, just put on a shirt. Yeah. Or like I got to do my hair. Uh, and you have curly makeup, hair and it's beautiful girl, and I can't imagine you. that it's easy to deal with. It is not. It is not. <laughs> it, it is not. I am not high maintenance, but my hair is very high maintenance. <laughs> so if it, it has been in a bun for three days and I got to do an audition, I'm like, fuck, I got to wash it. And then I got to wait two hours, two, three hours for it to dry. 
it it this takes this takes time. It's, like it matters. Like I whip whip shit up and like all right, ready to go. Let's tape. No, no, you know, no. and especially then if you ha- need to have somebody to read with you, mm-hmm. then it's a whole other thing of like working on somebody's schedule yeah. or oh, I just ran out of space on my phone. Let me please tell you how many times that has happened <laughs> in the middle of taping. Like beautiful take. Oh, my phone just died. Damn it. Oh, or like the mic wasn't plugged in or something. Yeah, of course, always. Yeah. Or like did a beautiful take with my coach right on the line and I'm like on my way to a fitting and I'm like walking my dog and I go to look for the, that last take that was so beautiful. She was in tears and it's not there. I feel it in my body. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I'm, uh, I don't know what it, what the fuck? And I'm like walking my dog going, where's the take? <laughs> Like, what the fuck is she screaming? Like, where's the take? Where's the take? Right in my age, I'm calling my manager. Oh my God, I have to retape it. I don't, and I got to be on set. I don't know. It it was a whole thing. Yeah. So there's a lot that we're, we're all pivoting. We're all, I had somebody, a friend of mine who lost her makeup job and she was, she wrote me this beautiful uh, message on Facebook Messenger and she was like, equating it to me climbing this mountain. She was like, we're all climbing mountains Mm -hmm. um, and we're figuring out how best to do it. I mean, as much as this time has, has been good to me, personally, I've had some tough moments where I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm, do is this, even at the beginning of the year, I had a moment where I was like, do I just do commercials? Do I, do I just do commercials? Maybe that's just what I'm supposed to be, then maybe that's all I'm supposed to be doing because I the stress of, of theatrical side of like feeling like I'm close or yeah, that audition felt great. Oh no, it went to somebody else. Cool. Oh, I did. I booked the series. Oh, it went to can. It went to can series. Oh, it's the platform's gone where it's not going to air. Cool. Uh, and then I booked some jobs, uh, yeah, theatrical jobs. And I was like, okay, I guess that's my answer. Oh, quarantine. Oh fuck. Okay. Well, <laughs> And theatrical, I've had some really beautiful opportunities in this time too. And it felt, you know, really feeling great and then not, not. Um, but commercials have, have been my saving grace. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, finding that comfortability and, you know, I'm having to, you know, a journey personally with theatrical work of, of trusting my work, trusting my abilities, knowing that I'm worthy of the jobs that I'm auditioning for, mm-hmm. worthy of working with the the people that are already booked for these jobs, uh, for these projects. Um, that's a whole that's a whole another side of it. But yeah, it's been it's been a lot of yeah it's been a lot of pivoting of finding the comfortability in this space and joy finding the joy in it. Like I did take time off. I was like, I didn't want to have anything to do with acting when this whole thing hit. Uh, I was like, this is, nope, this is my, we're supposed to take a break. Yeah. It's like, so I'm going to take a break. Breath. Yeah. Because all the stuff started to, I tried to do some of the stuff at the beginning of all the monologues and all the things and the things. And it just felt very, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel good to me. There was a, several people who told me the same thing. They were like, I actually don't want to do this. And I don't want to feel bad that I don't want to do this. And I was like, yeah, if you're this, looking this for someone bad, to give yeah. you permission, I'm giving you permission. And yeah. also to anyone Brian who's hearing Pataka this. said that to me. <laughs> did he? Of course he did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Of course he did. I mean, if anyone's hearing this too, and you're like, you're having one of those moments, like we also give you permission, like take a day or five where you don't do any acting shit. Like we are, this is the only business where we make this our full-time job and our hobby. Yeah. And it's literally when we're really in it, like, it's not, we're like, I equate, I said this to a guy one time that wanted, he didn't understand. Uh, I had to like cancel a second date because it was like during pilot season. And like, I woke up from a nap and I was like, oh shit, I have a seven page audition that I have to do tomorrow. Like, I can't, uh, do you want to cancel? Yes. Thank you. I'm so, I'm sorry. Unless you want to like come over and help me read <laughs> my lines. <laughs> no. Okay, cool. No, you didn't want to do that. Okay. Um, but like, we're kind of like on call doctors. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're on call 24 seven. We're on call 24 seven. Oh, that's something that has been like, you get the, you think you're clear and then, oh, here's audition to do over the weekend. We need it by Sunday. I feel like casting directors, I love you, but can, I, but you know, it's not there. It's also not their uh, call either because client, clients, hey, uh, people, <laughs> producers, <laughs> ad agencies, can you not, you know, need, need the job, uh, uh, Friday night and first thing Monday morning. Cause we know or you're Saturday, not going to watch Sunday. it until Tuesday. We know you're going to put them all on mute and watch them on Tuesday. We know exactly what you're going to do. Listen, um, I want to wrap us up with one question because one, I'm going to have to have you back on for a bonus podcast and talk about manifesting and stuff like that. Yes. But I would love for you to tell me a little bit about what your what you want or if you've thought about what you want for your next year. Because we're recording this in December. By the yeah. time it plays, it might be like oh. February, March, um, which could be yeah. fun. So I'm just curious what you're you're thinking about for 2021. For 2021, relax more into myself. Mm. Trust myself more. Trust my abilities. Trust trust my intuition, um, trust the journey and what is coming. I want a series and I want it on a major network or streaming, whatever the cable, whatever, you know, so many, but I, I want it in those, but the, I want it in those forums. I want my digital series to freaking like, Let's film. <laughs> I want that. Let's go. Um, but I also want, I want that win. Maybe even win isn't necessarily the word I want to use. And my words for this year were for ease and flow. Mm. And I want more ease and flow. And making really rich, strong decisions for myself. Like standing, using my voice and standing up for what it is that I want and what I believe I deserve. And just really like I'm taking this trip, I'm going to climb Kilimanjaro uh, so and I'm taking off work. I'm taking off time. I've, I've, I've said, I've turned down jobs to do this. Um, but I also deserve it. Like we deserve to do things that bring us joy outside of the work, outside of acting. We deserve to, to live life outside of acting and find what that is for yourself. And I have this little monologue project that was inspired by all those monologue things. A friend of mine wrote it for me because um, I did participate in one of them. 
um, or two of them where you had to write for yourself, write them for yourself. Oh, that's fun. And my friend Savannah ended up writing this series of monologues called Quarantine Therapy. And um, I want to have them all produced, all all out there and um, see where that goes. That's awesome. But yeah, just living living more in my joy and having more ease and flow in all things, in, in personal life and in work. More repeat customers. <laughs> yes, I, lo- I love <laughs> More that. repeat customers. This year was the first time to have repeat customers. Uh, yes. That's yes. amazing. Listen, I, I'm so glad we got to do this. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad you fared the post office so we could have this interview. <laughs> she was Never stuck at the post, the post office, office in December the in the, the pandemic <laughs> at the end of the day. You're lovely. Where can we direct people to find you or find more about you? I'm mostly on Instagram at amy.argyle, A-R-G-Y-L-E. Uh, it's used, that's mostly where I'm at. Uh, I, I do have Facebook, but most my Instagram posts go to my Facebook. My Facebook is my name, Amy Argyle. Uh, I have Twitter, but I don't understand. Uh, y'all. <laughs> I, y'all. All things are not it, for all people. Yeah, no, that is just not my forte. That's not my forte. It's on there, but yeah, nope. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah. We'll link it in the show notes. All right. We're manifesting a show for you. That's what we're doing. Manifesting a show. All good things for all of us. Yes. This is not the last time you'll hear from Amy because I've, I'm going to talk to you about something after we're done. So thank you so much. Thank you. You are lovely. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. You guys, thank you for being so kind and patient with whatever the fuck happened with my audio file. I will figure this out one day. Amy, thank you so much for so much time and honesty. I couldn't have asked for more from a guest. I had no idea our conversation would go in so many of the directions that it did. And I truly, truly loved it. I respect your career and I'm excited to watch it roll. Guys, after we wrapped, Amy went and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Like, what? So badass. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in for this entire podcast. If you have not yet, please rate and review the podcast. I do not say that because it's fun. I say that because I really, really need you to do it. People judge podcasts based on their album artwork, based on how their audio sounds, and based on their ratings and reviews, and we know that one of those strikes was against me in this podcast, so please drop a rate and review. Guys, also make sure you are subscribed to the email list because the members of the email list are getting a special email tomorrow morning, Wednesday, with a discount code and special access to my One Broke Actress Dictionary. So make sure you guys are on the email list. Get your dictionaries. It's going to be over 50% off, and I'm going to send updates Um whenever I make them in the coming years. So I'm very excited about this. I wish I would have had this years ago. Be on the lookout because next week's guest is the incomparable Patrick Gallagher. You know him, you love him, you've seen him in everything. Those of you who love Night at the Museum, you're going to love this one. We are going to talk about building the longevity of a truly long career, as well as some tidbits of working in Canada. As always, thank you, Maggie Zabo, for your glorious theme song. Special thanks to Helena Santos for production help this season. And I will talk to you guys next.